This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in Counselor Education and Supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Anu Singh? Anu Singh was born in India on September 3, 1972. Her mother and father were both physicians. Her family moved to Sydney, Australia in 1973. Her father described Singh as having some attachment issues when she was young, but other than that, her early years were unremarkable. In 1991, she moved to Canberra and enrolled at the Australian National University, where she studied both economics and law. She struggled with substance use, which delayed her studies by one year. In 1995, Singh had a boyfriend named Simon Walsh. The couple broke up, and she started seeing a man named Joe Sinkway. Her use of drugs increased dramatically, and she was experiencing insomnia. Anu Singh started to become obsessive about her body weight. She would diet excessively. Her father took her to see mental health professionals, but for some reason, they were not able to successfully treat her. Anu Singh pressured Joe to move in with her, so he moved to Canberra. After this, her symptoms became even more pronounced. Before moving to the timeline of the crime, let's hear a word from today's sponsor, NordVPN. NordVPN is the fastest VPN out there, as confirmed by speed tests. There is no need to worry about bandwidth throttling with NordVPN. All the traffic is encrypted, so your internet service provider can't slow down your streaming speed. In addition, NordVPN is secure and very easy to use. You can use a one-click option or enable an auto-connect for zero-click protection. They have over 5,200 servers in 60 different countries, allowing a wide selection of connection locations. NordVPN allows you to easily change your virtual location to address concerns created by geo-restricted streaming services and games. NordVPN has an automatic kill switch built into it. If your VPN connection is suddenly lost, your device is protected from accessing the internet. NordVPN can easily be accessed from anywhere, whether at home or traveling around the world, and is available on every major platform. NordVPN has a holiday season deal. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash VPN to get a two-year plan plus one additional month with a huge discount. Again, that's nordvpn.com forward slash VPN. Now moving to the timeline of the crime. In May 1997, Singh mentioned to a friend of hers that she wanted to kill her physicians, her former boyfriend, Simon Walsh, and her current boyfriend, Joe Sinkway. She tried to obtain a firearm, but the process proved too difficult, so she designed a plan involving heroin. Anu Singh held a dinner party at her residence on October 20, 1997. Several of her friends were invited. They were law students at the same university. The party guest understood that the purpose of the party was that Singh and her boyfriend would die. It would appear as though everyone knew about the plan, except for Joe. No one called the police. No one tried to stop Singh. Rather, the law students were intrigued or indifferent. Perhaps a few didn't believe that Singh would actually go through with it. Singh put Rohypnol in Joe's coffee 
then injected him with heroin with the intent of killing him. He did not die. He woke up on October 21 unaware of the attempted murder. Singh held a second dinner party on October 24. Again, her friends attended, understanding what she was going to do. She told her friends a crime was going to be committed. Seems pretty clear. She again put Rohypnol in Joe's coffee and injected him with heroin. This time she increased the dose of heroin. Joe was incapacitated for about 36 hours, but he did not die. On October 26, Singh called a friend of hers to explain what was going on. The friend told her she needed to call an ambulance. Singh called an ambulance at 12.10 p.m. She was not cooperative with the dispatcher. She did not give them the correct address, and she said her name was Olivia. Eventually, the paramedics managed to find the right place and found Joe unresponsive. He had died from asphyxiation. They described Anu Singh as hysterical. She fought with the police when they moved her away from Joe's body. She claimed that Joe had overdosed on heroin. A friend of Anu Singh named Madhavi Rao allegedly helped her commit the crime. She organized the parties and purchased the Rohypnol. Singh eventually admitted to the police that she injected Joe with heroin. She explained to the police that she was trying to bring an end to her own life, so she injected her boyfriend with heroin so he would not interfere. Singh was charged with murder. Madhavi Rao was charged with conspiracy to commit murder. The pair was tried together in October and November of 1998, but the trial was never completed due to a technicality. For the second trial, Singh and Rao waived their right to be tried by a jury and elected for a bench trial. They were tried separately. At Singh's second trial, her attorneys mounted an insanity defense. They said that Singh was mentally ill and had diminished responsibility. This is a partial defense to murder, which reduces the charge to manslaughter if successful. She was found guilty of manslaughter in April of 1999. She was determined to have substantial impairment by abnormality of mind. Therefore, she qualified for diminished responsibility. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison, eligible for parole after only four years. During her time in prison, she earned a master's degree in criminology. Anu Singh was released in October of 2001 after just four years. She went back to prison in April of 2004 for smoking marijuana but was able to successfully beat the charge due to a technicality and was released again in August of 2004. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Ohio is a land of mystery, from missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies. 
from myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com Singh's friend, Rao, was acquitted of all charges. The judge said that Rao could not be placed in the room when the injection occurred. During an interview given years later, Singh asked Joe's parents for forgiveness. Joe's mother later responded by calling Singh the devil and a monster. So I'm guessing that's a no on the forgiveness issue. Now moving to my analysis. First, let's take a look at the nature of the relationship between Anu Singh and Joe Singwe. Singh was described as having mental health issues, being obsessive, controlling, dominant, confident, dramatic, focused on her appearance, and needing to be the center of attention. Joe was described as extroverted, kind, outgoing, and submissive. So already we see this is a bad combination, where Singh was clearly going to take over the relationship. This is exactly what happened. The relationship started off as long distance. Apparently, Joe was very physically attracted to Singh. He just couldn't stop thinking about her. He was focused on her physical appearance. He believed that he was in love, and at least initially, felt as though the relationship was going well. Friends of the couple believed the same thing, but over time, they noticed that Singh's behavior started to get increasingly bizarre. When in a conversation with her friends in front of Joe, she would talk about how her relationship with her former boyfriend, Simon Walsh, was intense. She also seemed to be fascinated with the afterlife and would frequently discuss this topic. She would repeatedly call Joe, interrupting his activities like dinner with little or no regard for his feelings. This is when he was living at home. She needed constant reassurance including in the area of her physical appearance. She kept asking him to verify that she was pretty. Eventually, she pressured him to move in with her, which he did. He wasn't there too long when Singh's need for attention and constant drama-inducing behavior became too much for Joe. He bought a car and was planning to leave Anu Singh. Her mental health symptoms increased in severity. She started to believe that she had a number of physical health issues, at one point, she thought she had AIDS. At another time, she was concerned that she was rotting from the inside out. She kept asking Joe for advice. At one point, he recommended Ipecac, which is a substance that induces vomiting. She tried it, but only felt worse. It's believed that she started to blame Joe for this bad advice. This is when she came up with the idea to kill him. After she was in custody, Anu Singh was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and depression. The prosecution declared that Singh had strong narcissistic traits. In addition to the borderline and narcissistic personality features, some have made the argument that Singh also had antisocial characteristics like criminality and histrionic characteristics like needing to be the center of attention. So it appears as though she had some features from each of the four cluster B personality disorders. Now moving to the diminished responsibility defense. Many people are understandably upset and confused as to how somebody could commit a premeditated murder but only be convicted of manslaughter. The idea behind diminished responsibility 
is that when a defendant has mental health issues, they are not as responsible for the criminal behavior. Therefore, they receive a correspondingly lighter sentence. In this particular case, the judge felt as though it was clearly an instance of diminished responsibility, saying it was the easiest case ever as far as making this determination. So as far as the judge was concerned, this wasn't even close. Anu Singh was clearly mentally ill, and this mental illness reduced her responsibility for the murder. Others have argued against this opinion. Singh told friends before she was arrested that she had a good knowledge of mental health and could convince people that she was insane. During her trial, she sometimes behaved in a dramatic fashion and would hold her hands up to her face. She would look through her fingers to see if the jury was watching and how they were responding. In addition, Singh never supplied a complete narrative of the events. She never explained everything that happened, which may have been one of the reasons that her alleged conspirator was acquitted. There just wasn't enough information as far as what type of conspiracy may have occurred. Some people are concerned that Singh played the system. She ended up getting away with murder and perhaps assisted her friend in achieving the same goal. Based on the available information, I believe Anu Singh manipulated the courts. She should have remained in prison. Moving to the next question, what about the law students who attended the party, which they believed would result in death? They were not brand new law students. They were described as advanced, although it shouldn't matter. Anyone should recognize that going to a party where a death is supposed to occur is not a good idea and the police should be notified. When they were questioned on the stand about why they didn't do anything to help, they did not have any answers. Here's what may have happened in this case. Anu Singh was highly manipulative and dramatic. The students attending the party may not have fully believed that a death was going to occur. Maybe they didn't take her seriously. It could also be that there was a groupthink effect. When the students heard about others attending, maybe they relied on the judgment of the other students. Like they were saying to themselves, well, this person is here and they're not doing anything so it must be okay to remain inactive. What's more, the dramatic component can be very seductive. Many of them probably wanted to witness something exciting. Regardless of the reasons for failing to act, it makes people question their judgment. I presume that many of these party guests went on to be attorneys. That's more than a little concerning. Their failure to act is part of the reason why Joe is dead. The other part is the devastating manipulative powers of Cluster B personality features. Now moving to my final thoughts. I have two here. Item number one, the situation with Anu Singh is one that should never have resulted in death. She announced her intentions. People who knew what she was going to do should have notified the police and warned her intended victim. This is a significant safety feature in a society. Most people will behave responsibly when presented with a dangerous plan. Here the safety feature failed miserably and unexpectedly. Item number two, mental illness may diminish criminal responsibility in some instances, but one of the reasons that people are sent to prison is to protect society. It's hard to imagine any situation where somebody can commit a premeditated murder, yet would be safe to reintegrate into society in four years. This type of light sentencing doesn't help anyone, including the perpetrator.
This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? (coughs) Or just a horrible accident? (coughs) That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags, because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.